0: Hello Trojan fans. Welcome to the Peristyle podcast on a Sunday special podcast doing it on Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to everyone out there with a father. You have a father. Happy Father's Day. Hope you guys are enjoying your weekend. And we thought we'd do a little show over the weekend and get Coach Harvey Hyde. I know he's got a busy week coming up ahead. So we're going to have him as on as a guest and we'll have him on today. Talking about this USC football program, summer workouts have started. USC got a big graduate transfer, a lot of topics on the table for the coach and the questions you've sent in. We're going to try to address each and every one of them. If you have a question for us, podcast at uscfootball.com is our email address, or you can leave us a voicemail by calling 641-715-3900, extension 816 or just go to our website, Parastylepodcast.com. Click on the left side of the page. You can leave a voicemail right from your computer or your device. If you want to go to iTunes, you can subscribe. You can leave us positive feedback. You can leave us a five-star rating. We appreciate all of that. iTunes.com slash Peristyle Podcast is our dedicated URL on iTunes. So they've been really nice to us. Check us out on iTunes. It's a great way to consume the show. All right, well, let's bring in the coach. Happy Father's Day, coach. Thanks for coming on a Sunday to do the Peristyle Podcast.
1: Ryan, I couldn't be happier. We didn't do a show last week, and I said, we got to do one this week. It is a busy week coming up for me, but uh, we've got to get our podcast in, and we want to say Happy Father's Day, just as Ryan did to all of you out there. It can't get any better than that. Okay? So I'm with my family. Ryan, I'm sure that you're with your lovely wife, and you'll see other people today. So always say out there, no matter where you go, always buckle up and have a safe, safe day.
0: Yeah, hopefully everyone does. It's beautiful here in Southern California, at least, and a beautiful day. So get outside, do something fun. I'm watching a little uh, U.S. Open golf. Nice tradition uh, Sunday on Father's Day. They're, you know The uh, leaders haven't gone off yet when we're recording, but kind of got some weather delays, but it's kind of fun. I like watching uh, major golf tournaments on television sometimes, so checking that out. If you want to go check out some sporting events yourself, Southern California Tickets has been our sponsor for a long time. Check them out at sctickets.com or give them a call at 1-800-888-7287, and they will hook you up, whatever sporting event you'd like to see here in Southern California or across the country. And uh Coach, I thought we'd just kind of jump into some of these questions here. Are you, you ready for that?
1: I'm ready, man. When you think about uh, USC's opening game is about 70-some days away, wow. wow. I'll tell you what, and that doesn't count, camp and all the preparation that's going on and a lot of announcements as far as what time practice is going to be. So I'll tell you, that time will fly by. And before long, everyone that's going to Arlington will be on their way. And all of us that are going to be watching it on TV or doing a pregame show or talking about that great game, it is going to be fantastic. The whole football season is just about here.
0: Yes, and uh, we're ready for it. Summer workouts are two weeks down. So we, if you want to get updates on how the team is doing, go to uscfootball.com. We've got videos, photos. Stories. We can't interview players yet, but we got a lot of, uh, inside information. I guess you could say go in the war room and check those out. Um, but so, so some of the big news that happened over the last week, coach, and when Kenny Bigelow went down, USC is, you know, a lot thinner than they expected to be on the defensive line, especially the interior defensive line. And uh, a lot of young players that they're going to really need big contributions from. Uh, and then we put in the war room maybe like a month or so ago that there was a couple possibilities for immediate help. One of them was a graduate transfer, uh, from Utah. And Earl in West LA wrote in, what can you tell us about the six foot one, 320 pound Utah graduate transfer? Now his name, I don't want to butcher it. Uh, so I'm not even going to, but Stevie and then it's Tui. I think some people know they really call him Stevie Tui. Uh, but it's T U apostrophe I. K-O-L-O-V-A-T-U. Uh, Kolovatu, Tuikolovatu, something like that. Um, I apologize, we don't have the uh, official pronunciation yet. Uh, but Earl wants to know, what kind of performer was he at Utah, and what can we expect his role to be in Clancy Pendergast's defense?
1: Well, you know, Ryan, uh, first of all, USC obviously has had the opportunity of watching him play in the Pac-12 which is a lot different than taking a freshman or taking a junior college transfer who hasn't played at this level. One of the strengths of the University of Utah team has always been the offensive line and defensive line. So whenever you've had someone compete at that level, not only on the game day, but on practice every day, then you've got a seasoned player. You've got a big, strong player. You've got a player that's matured. I think he's 25 years old because he's been on a mission. And he's been through it. He knows what it's all about. He's played in big games. And I think he brings some, uh, what do you want to say, leadership as far as a lot of confidence to the young defensive line at USC. Uh, I, I would feel or think they're going to play him up the, on the nose, like you said. And what you basically do on the nose is you hold your ground. You smack the center every play. You take both gaps. And, and you allow people to stay off your linebackers. And I think you can do this. And also, I believe he led the Pac-12 in fumble recoveries last year and four. So, obviously, he's doing a little intimidation on the center, and they're having problems snapping the ball. Well, he's right there to make a, a quick uh, recovery. So, I think it's if you're going to have a Christmas present in the summer, I'll tell you, this is a tremendous uplift, I think, for the defensive side of the football and USC football. Because he'll come in with a lot of maturity, and uh, he'll come in and be able to play right away. He's played at this level, and uh, he had opportunities to go a lot of different places. It wasn't like he just selected to go to USC. He had opportunities to go to Alabama, Washington, other schools who have outstanding programs. So if they're out recruiting him, then, you know, darn well, USC, too, has gotten a quality player. So I think that's a plus-plus this summer. In fact, if I was to say all the things that I've heard about having, happening this summer, and there's been a lot of great performances in the workouts and so on by some of the young players, that this has been the best transfusion that USC could get at this time of the year.
0: Yeah, and, uh, you know, we had a good story. uh Shotgun Spratling put a story up on USCfootball.com. You can get some kind of more information from there. And, you know, uh, some people say, well, he was like the third string defensive tackle at Utah. Um, and he, you know, Technically, he was, but they used a the rotation. He played pretty much as many snaps as the other guys, too. So he was part of this rotation. He's a, you know, mature guy. Like you said, 25 years old, uh, you know, really good at stopping the run. And I just think bringing someone like that in, coach, uh, they really, I think, I think counting on Kenny Bigelow, who hadn't really contributed, uh, to the program yet, there was a lot of expectations because he's a former five star. That was still an unknown as well. You just weren't really sure. I mean, people thought, that Kenny Bigelow could come in and play well. We actually saw him. It's funny, we saw him at the summer workouts. He didn't even have a knee brace on. Um, so Dan Weber thought maybe he, there's a chance that he could somehow come back and, and play this year. But that's a, that's a another topic. Um, but you know what you're getting uh from Stevie here, and I think that it's going to help, well, like you said, with the leadership stuff and just being able to have a big body that can plug the middle. There's just a lack of that for USC. Um, so someone that can just... Hey, this guy's going to stop the run. You know, maybe pick up a fumble recovery or two every once in a while. Uh, I, I think that stability in the middle of the defensive line could go a long way to helping all of the young guys who are going to be around him. And instead of relying on an entire line of, of younger players, having that one veteran who's you know five years older than most of the rest of the guys or six years older, uh, being able to be that that rock in the middle, I think it'll help him a lot this year.
1: I agree 100%, Ryan. This is what they really need. And uh, if you're a center at USC, if you start the uh, fall camp at 6-3, you might end up the fall camp at (laughs) 6-2 because uh, he's going to really pound you right there at the front of the line. And I'll tell you, it'll make the centers better. Believe me, the centers will become a better football player. The whole team becomes a better football player. When you have someone that's been through the Pac-12, this kid has played, He's coming there because he wants to play at USC. He's played against USC. So I really think this is a great, great uh, lift for USC Trojan football, especially in an area that you really need this type of leadership with the young, great defensive linemen that you have there. They've got to come along.
0: Um, kind of along those lines, Coach, we had uh, Dr. Levi Richard uh, write in. Uh, thank you, Doctor, for for emailing us. He said a lot of people have commented that in order for USC to have a good season, the young an inexperienced defensive line must be productive. In your opinion, what must the coaching staff do to prepare them for the level of performance required that will give them a chance to have at least 10 wins? I really appreciate you and your insightful and honest comments about the team. Thank you from Dr. Richard.
1: Dr. Richards, I personally think that what you need to do is uh, Pendergast's defense is perfect because you come after people, you give different looks. You like to stun a lot, which will help the defensive lineman. They're not a hit-and-read now all the time where a lot of pressure is put on them. So I really think going after people really relieves them, and they're able to move around a lot and use their athletic ability rather than slug it out with people that are more experienced. So I really think that uh, the type of style of defense that coach uses is, is going to really help the defensive line. And as the season goes along, they'll gain a lot of confidence. And... You know, when you, when you look at their season, most preseason magazines, in fact, all preseason magazines have USC's offensive line as one of the best in the country, and they've got Alabama's offensive line as one of the best in the country. They've got Alabama's line as one of the, defensive line as one of the best in the country. So if the defensive line has an opportunity under, uh, Callaway, to go every single day and practice against an outstanding, aggressive offensive line, they get better because they get to practice against good players. And when you go all out and you have aggressive drills, you get better and you gain confidence. So, you know, these kids read all these preseason publications as much as we do. So they read about the who they are practicing against, what they're going to face this coming year, So I really think that the competition in fall camp between the offensive line of USC and the defensive line of USC will make both of them better. And they've got to be aggressive. They've got to go after it. They've got to have confidence. And also I think the ball control of the USC offense is going to be very important as far as keeping the defense off the field. You can't just leave them out there forever, especially with lack of depth. You've got to be able to move the football. You can't be three and out, three and out. You've got to be able to give them an opportunity to rest. You've got to give them great field position. And by doing this, that builds confidence in your defense, and you have confidence in the offense and the defense, and they start to believe in each other, and you become a better football team. But USC certainly has a great challenge. A lot of people think, uh, and I don't know, but think they have the toughest uh, schedule in the country, which uh, can't be much tougher than what they have. So, uh, it's going to be a real challenge, and uh, it's not going to be an easy season. It's going to be a very difficult season under new coaching staff, playing a tough schedule. Your first three games, uh, you, two of your first three games, both teams are ranked in the top ten in almost every preseason poll. Now, Alabama is almost number one in every poll, along with Clemson and whoever else might be up there, Florida State. But Stanford, is uh, thought of very highly again, and they've learned how to win. And uh, people respect that. And, again, uh, the game is at Stanford. So uh, you've got to mature in a hurry. You've got to have a physical fall where these kids gain a lot of confidence. You can't always worry about injuries. Injuries happen, but you've got to be aggressive. You've got to bring the team along, and you've got to keep the defense off the field and let them go.
0: Um, And, Dr. Richard, too, one of the things that coaches can do is bring in a big-time graduate transfer, and they did that. So that's another thing that you can, uh, you know, fix a few problems with the this uh, graduate transfer rule, and that's certainly, you know, the biggest area of need. So I think that's a big deal for USC. That's another way that can help. Um, Tarek had a question for you, Coach. He said, Max Brown said in a recent interview that Clay Helton wants the offense to be fast and up-tempo. From what you saw in the spring, are the Trojans sufficiently conditioned to go up-tempo for 60 minutes.
1: Well, let me tell you, I've heard that how many years in a row now. We're going to go fast, fast, fast. We're going to up temp, be up-tempo. We're going to be up-tempo. And Basically, I've watched the Trojans and what they've been at just a no-huddle offense. I haven't seen them. I've seen them attempt to go uh, fast for maybe a series or two, but it is isn't a continuous thing, like maybe the University of Oregon or, some of these other teams that are fast, fast, fast all the time. I've been saying all along. I think they're the type of team that's better with a huddle. Stanford huddles. A lot of teams huddle, and you can still win. You don't have to be fast, fast, fast. You know, it gives you a chance for your defense to rest more, and you have more confidence with your team when you look at each other in the eyes and you break the huddle, and everybody understands what the play is. You line up properly, and. You can talk to each other for, for a moment. You don't always look to the sideline. Uh, I don't know if USC's team is conditioned to go uh, fast. Uh, I think they're a team that I would suggest needs a little bit more conditioning. Not that they're not doing great conditioning, but you've got to, I think, be in great shape. Now, when you're big guys, it's harder to get in great shape. So you've got to spend more time in getting your big guys cardiovascular and their conditioning and things up, we even go fast, 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 fast. I think receivers can do that. I think one thing that slows you down a lot is a lot of substitution. You can't substitute a lot and go fast, fast, fast. I'm not a fan of fast, fast, fast. Now I know Clemson. I know a lot of teams win going fast, fast, fast. I'm the type of team that says, if I have the best players, I just want to beat your butt. You know, you might have to go fast, fast, fast and trying to trick me. I just want to line up and pound you and beat you and keep your offense off the field and make you feel the pain of playing against USC. And I think sometimes you lose that tradition of who USC is by trying to be like everybody else. Let everybody else try to be like USC. Uh, I think that sometimes by trying to trick people or be too fancy actually hurts great, te- hurts great teams with great players. Now, nobody has never uh, questioned USC as far as not having great players. Uh, they have great players, so let's let your great players play and let them recover and let them play the type of game that they're used to playing. So I'm. Not, I've never been in favor of USC being fast, fast, fast. I'm. I'm consistent in that. Are they conditioned enough to go fast, fast, fast? Well, you have to condition to go fast, fast, fast. I don't think they are. But uh, that's something that the coaches have to determine and and the people that coach them. Uh, I'm more of a type of guy is is line up and beat you to death.
0: Um, coach Tark had a follow up question. If you got to watch. Hopefully you have. We put up, uh, video highlights from all of the USC summer workouts and, you know, usually after a big play, uh, you could see the players kind of get a little excited. We've seen, uh, Deontay Burnett do some backflips out there, um, after interceptions, kind of running around the field and, um, get everyone excited. It's fun. You know what? Obviously it's summer. These guys are in, you know, starting summer school here pretty soon. And, and before the, you know, the last couple of weeks, there was no summer school. They were just, out there working out after doing conditioning workouts earlier in the morning. They start throwing the football around well attended, lots of people there. Um, So, I mean, the the guys are having fun. It's the off season. They're, they're trying to have some fun, but Tark wants to know at these summer workouts, should the players refrain from the loud cheering and antics after big plays to build discipline for the season? What do you think coach?
1: Well, you know, it's uh a, it's a sort of a fun type of workout They try to make it fun. And, uh, you know, they're beating their own people. So they sort of, you know, hold the ball in the other guy's face and say, you know, what happened to you? You're mad. And they talk about it off the field as well as on the field. And it's, uh, it's something that I don't know if it's going to make a difference during the season as far as discipline and so on. Uh, I think that, uh, when you have fun, I think your kids come out there and they have more of an, uh, they want to come out there more rather than make it more structured where they really don't have fun. Because it's not fun to go out and practice every day, okay? Especially when everybody else is doing other things and, and uh, enjoying life just a little bit because it's a long football season. There really isn't any time off. Uh, I've not really been in favor of a lot of these, these type of workouts because there's always a chance of some type of injury. Every time I watch your highlights of... Uh, the practice is why, I, and I see some things, that I say, ooh, that was close, where someone could be injured. Remember, you're not in any helmets. You're not in, I don't even know if the kids are taped up. Uh, there's always that chance of losing a great player in, in these workouts. Now, I think it's necessary to do that. I think it'd be better to see you work on timing and formation and in and out and, and the running 11-on-11 11 11 plays where everybody's together. And, and then do a little seven on seven with not a lot of linemen in there where somebody could fall on somebody and and do that rather than to, you know, you know, it's just, just a repeti- repetition of the same thing over and over and over. And you get to know your own offense. And after a while, you know, the plays they're running and, and it's easier to stop it, but it's always great to, to go out there and have some fun. And you, you got to have your kids have some fun, but again, you, Got to keep it in the business type. I'd rather see the workout shorter, more crisper, get it done, accomplish uh, something every day, maybe a different phase of the offense and defense, uh, maybe not even go against each other for a while, work on techniques and teaching, then get together and do a series of this or goal line or lineups or formation recognitions, things like that, than just uh, staying around and playing around all day.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's... You know, it's a grind for these guys and the fact that they're, you know, 75 of them or so are out there before schools even started doing these really tough 6 a.m. workouts with coaches there and then doing their own workouts afterwards and, and, you know, by position and then as full team and seven on seven. I mean, I have no issues letting them have a little fun out there. I don't, I mean, if you want to talk about at, at fall camp or something, don't, you know, dunk the football over the, uh, the goalpost. I can see that, but. For these summer workouts, coaches, I'm, I'm just, I have no problem with the fun that they're having out there. Just, you know, have fun. They're out there working at least. I mean, even someone like you said, you don't even want them to do as much as they're doing now. Uh, but let them have a good time, and then once fall camp starts, it's more business.
1: Yeah, you're exactly right. You know, uh, you've got to rest your body. I always feel you have to rest your body and your mind, son. You have to get away from things. In fact, there, there was a period of time, I think I've mentioned this before, where we used to have workouts when I wouldn't even take the ball on the field. There's no ball, or whoever did the conditioning. There's no balls on the field. We went out there to do a certain thing and we came off. We did a lot of our drills. We did a lot of formation recogn- recognitions. We did all kinds of things, but I ain't ball. It's all mental on the field. No ball come off. There was a period of time where I wanted them just nothing uh, to, to, uh, to get away from it and just think, I want to, coach, let's take the footballs out. No, no footballs. You need footballs out there. Just go out, exercise your mind, do a little conditioning and come on in. So, you know, coaches, uh, you know, the coaches need a break. Let me tell you, Ryan, you need a break. Yeah. I mean, really, people think about this. They're out there. The coaches and players are out there during the week. Then the coaches are doing all these camps and satellite camps and all of the Hey, you need to be with your family. You need to do something different. You need to have some time. Players need some time. And, and, and Ryan, you need some time and all your staff need some time. I need some time. That's why we you know maybe are doing a show every other week here during the summer months because you need to get ready for something where you look forward to doing it and if you're on it every minute all the time you really it really wears you out and you're not ready to get really peaked up for the football season.
0: I agree coach. I could use a break, but that's okay. I've got I got a vacation coming up, so we'll uh we'll look forward to that. Uh, one last one, Coach, and I probably should have did this after the uh, the other one where we were talking about the tempo. But Jeff in Orange County wrote in. He said, "Can you guys recall uh, an SC come from behind victory as dramatic as quote unquote the drive against Ohio State, September two thousand nine, led by true freshman Matt Barkley?" I was at that game, Coach. It was a, it was a very good drive. Uh, to be honest, I cannot. Certainly, nothing like this in the Sarkeesian era. Nor could Kiffin replicate this kind of play either, even with the uh, then-experienced upperclassman Matt Barkley. Why do I bring this up? Because this game represents what I believe is the definitive blueprint for what the Trojan offense needs to reestablish. If I were Coach Helton, I would make our entire offense watch this famous two-minute drive over and over again. What I gleaned from watching the drive was this. Hard-nosed, mouth fire off fire-off-the-line, Offensive line push that decimated the Buckeye defensive line. I formation running under center, straight up the gut by guys like Joe McKnight and Stephon Johnson. Barkley connecting on several big third down conversions in the pocket while under duress, for a hard charging uh, from a hard charging uh, Ohio State defensive line. Not to mention quote unquote huddles. Yes, huddles a time for the Trojans to catch their breath, come face to face with each other and share who might be open on the next play. No standing around, hands in their pockets staring at silly, quote-unquote, poster board play cards held up uh, in the air on the sidelines. Please do yourself a favor, watch the YouTube clip, and then tell me what you think. To me, it looks like Stanford stole a few pages out of our playbook. It's time to return those pages to its rightful owner. Fight on, sent from Jeff in Orange County.
1: Well, Jeff in Orange County, you should be doing the show. (laughs) That was a great one. No really it was a very very uh, astute uh, answer and exactly I don't think since that time uh, I can remember them ha- being very good in two minute offense ever no uh, they uh, I don't they they've never really generated or come from behind or, or be able to scare anybody as far as they look sometimes or most of the time out of rhythm uh, I mean the quarterback is looking to the sideline for the play. I mean, hey, practice a two-minute offense and do it. You're look, you're wasting time. They waste so many, so much time and what they're going to run and so on and substitute and all this and that. I don't really think they've had a good minute, a good two-minute offense for a long period of time. And uh, I think they did get away from what they were good. Norm Chow and company brought them a whole different look, and you got away from that. Uh, with the other eras in here as far as being fancy and not as tough and softer as a football team. And you've got to get back to being bringing back the physical part of what USC Trojan football history is. And you hear, I'm going to call myself an old-timer here, you hear us old-timers, remember those days when people didn't want to play USC. They used to come into the Coliseum and they'd say, just let's, let's just get this game done without getting anybody hurt. And that's exactly the way people want it to be now. If I, if I, if if we took a vote or if you ran a poll or anybody else, they like that style of football. They want people to surrender. They want people to run onto the field and wave the white flag. There's not a better feeling than to come off and walk to the middle of the field and have the coach, coach cut, uh, shake your hand and say, Coach, you kicked the crap out of us. Thank you for not hurting our players. I remember a story when I was at UNLV. We were playing a school from Arizona, not, not at UNLV. I was at uh, Afton City College as the head football coach, and we had great teams there. I remember a coach coming up to me at halftime and saying, hey, coach, not only are you beating us 35 enough at the half, you're hurting our kids, and we've still got nine games to play. Would you mind if we talked to the officials and just went with a running time the second half? And I said, absolutely not, because I felt for the guy. And we did do that. Nobody really noticed it, really. They just thought the guy running the clock was drunk or something, you know. But (laughs) it worked. And, you know, that's because people appreciate the type of football you're playing. And not only that, because you're physical, it's intimidating. And people feel beat before they even play the game. But they watch you all week on film. Look how many films they look at and tapes they look at and they say, Holy crap Look at them take that guy and crush him. Well, after a while, you know, people start to get, uh, oh well, we can't beat this team, and they start thinking about it. And the defensive guys say, oh, and the offensive guys say, look at that guy hit that guy. Well, that's pretty intimidating, and all of a sudden you get the mental edge over teams, and that's what I used to love about USC and. And Stanford now has that mental edge in Alabama. When you play Stanford, you better say, hey, you better put another snap on that helmet. You better tie your shoes tighter. You better make sure your cleats are in the ground because they're going to drive you right off the football. And I think this is what's great. I think you take a lot of pride in that. And the people at USC have pride in that. So I think they've drifted away from that, and I hope it comes back. And we'll have to see what happens with USC football. Everyone, again, when the last three coaches have been talking about, we're going to run the football, we're going to run the football, but they run the football, but they don't run it the way people want them to run the football, from the formations and the style and all the type of discussions we've had in the past and what you've seen. So let's see what happens this coming year with a new offensive coordinator, with Coach Clay and a new offensive line coach, and we'll see what uh, people are satisfied with the type of team and the type of play that this team does and are they headed back to the type of traditional type of football that usc fans like
0: we will see coach and uh, a lot of a lot of fans want to see that i know you've talked about that quite a bit and uh, we get questions on all the time so a lot of people are curious what this usc football team is going to look like we simply just don't know you got a rookie offensive coordinator rookie head coach rookie defensive line coach uh, there's a lot of questions, a lot of unknowns. So fall camp will probably get some more answers. And then, of course, once the season starts, you get a real look at what this team's gonna, gonna look like and, uh, a glimpse into the future, the next, uh, however many years of, uh, Clay Helton running the show at USC. Um, alright, coach. Well, great stuff. Thanks for coming on a Father's Day and, uh, sharing your insights on USC football. It's always fun. And we look at, fo- looking forward to talking to you again soon.
1: Brian, thank you very much, and for all of you out there, happy Father's Day, drive carefully, and thank you for being a part of our podcast, because without you, we don't have a podcast.
0: Yeah, for sure. We love all the questions, keep sending them in. Just a little note, I'm going to be on vacation out of the country uh, starting uh, next week, so I'll be around this week, and we'll try to do another show or two on the Peristyle Podcast, talk some recruiting and stuff like that, but the following week, there won't be any show, so uh Coach, we're going to give you the week off, Uh, everyone else that next week we'll have, we'll try to do one or two more shows before that, but then, you know, after that, I'll be gone for a week. We'll be doing the the show while I'm out of the country, but certainly when we get back, we'll get back in the full swing and have one month left until fall camp starts.
1: Ryan, thank you. Travel safely. And for all of you out there, if you're going on vacation, travel safely.
0: Yes. Travel safe. Thanks everyone. I hope you have a good time. Happy father's day. And we will talk to you next time.